Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Um, my name is Gary Matheny, and I truly believe what follows is one of the most important messages for America because it's about the home, the basic building block of society, the tree of marriage. Uh, let's read one verse here, Psalms 127. Verse 1, well-known verse, Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And so if you think you can uh, run your family without God's help, you, you are doing it in vain. If you think you're so smart, you don't need the Lord's help, uh, <laughs> you really need the Lord's help, amen? That's pride. So we don't want to have that, and that's one of the problems I had, not so much with my marriage, raising my kids. I thought I had good parents, so I don't, you know, I don't want to bother the Lord. I, I got this figured out, and that's pride, and, and uh, except the Lord build a house. Let's pray. Let's seek his help now. Lord, thank you for your love and your goodness. Father, strengthen homes, families, and marriages. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It's on the marriage and home. I get to start off with divorce. Does Jesus love divorced people? Huh? Well, of course he does. Uh, he, the woman at the well, she'd been married and divorced five times, all right? And, um, and then she was just living with the man. And the man you now have is in Jerome. And Jesus brought the subject up, though. Uh, she never would have brought it up. The devil hates the home. God loves marriage. And uh, so God wants to build your house and build your home, build your marriage. And as a pastor, and as your pastor, I, I'm pastor in Romania, um, we get to see things, you know, uh, more than the average person, more than we want to see. I end up agreeing with them. I say, yeah, you should have left that guy a long time ago. And, uh, but that's not of God. And I haven't been called to agree with people, you know. I've been called to, to tell people what God's word says. Does Jesus hate divorced people? He loves them. And by the way, he uses them. He used the woman at the well. She did more than 12 apostles. They came back with lunch and she came back with the town. I was a pastor in Paulsville, Washington. And in, we rented this house and never had any fruit-bearing trees. And there was 20 fruit-bearing trees in the backyard. And I was very proud of that. And I said, hey, honey, look at this. It's great. we got cherry trees, apple trees, mostly apple trees, and big, tall, black walnut trees. And, and there's a little tiny creek back there. Sometimes it almost dried up. And other times it was almost like a little river when it rained hard. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I put too much fertilizer around one tree and, and, and uh, killed it. <laughs> And uh, burnt the the, uh, the roots, I guess, but I was going to help it, you know. And uh, and 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 this one tree, I saw it was leaning over. It's a big, tall walnut tree, you know. Uh, it's twice as three times as tall as all the other trees, and it was leaning like that. It was right next to the creek, and I walked over, and this roots were exposed because the creek was running through there. This marriage is on the attack of of the marriage. It's on the currents uh, that are attacking the home and, and the marriage and the family. And, and this current, whenever it would run through there, I mean, it got pretty, pretty strong. And I didn't want my kids in the backyard. Only a couple of times, two or three times a year, it got bad. But when it got bad, it got bad, and I didn't want my little kids out there. And it would, and I didn't know, well, what could I do? I mean, there's nothing I could do. I thought, so well, nothing I can do anyway, you know. So I went back in the house. About three weeks went by, and kaboom, in the backyard. I mean, like a sonic boom. I said, what on earth? And I looked out the back window. Well, that tree had come down. Uh, 
and landed on a couple other trees when it came down, you know, and wiped them out too. And the neighbor come by and looked around and says, you know what, nothing I could have done. And he didn't say much. And he said, well, you're lucky. And I said, what am I lucky about? He said, well, next time it could be your kids that it lands on. And I said, you got another tree over here. This other black walnut tree standing is right here. Now, it's straight, but the roots are already exposed here. And if you don't do something, if you ignore this like you did that one, that one's coming down too. And this one looks like it's leaning up. It would go towards your house if it starts to go. Because that's the side that the roots are being eaten away at. I said, well, what can you do? He said, well, put some gravel, just cement blocks, do something. And that's what we did. We put all these cement blocks there, and we blocked up that current. And that tree, as far as I know, is still standing to the, to the day because I didn't ignore the problem, and something got done. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 2, if you would, please. Talking about the home. And, um, you know, there, there's actually three positions on this in the Bible. Uh, we usually talk about marriage or divorce. Uh, there is actually a third position here. Uh, it's interesting to see how the Lord talks about it. You don't need to turn there. I'll just read it. That's in 1 Corinthians 7. It says, And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Okay, well, that's right. Stay married. Amen. Better or for worse, to death do we part. We made vows in front of God and witnesses, and we want to keep our promises. By the way, I said a minute ago that it's so easy to agree with somebody when they give you all the reasons why they have to leave. Um, of course, I'm hearing one side of the story, but listen, I'd be less than a man of a God if I didn't tell you that other people with worse problems fought for their marriage and made it work. Okay? And, and sometimes when your heart's given over to something else, you don't want it to work, and you don't want any advice, and you only look for people that will agree with you. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart. Now that's interesting. Well, God, why can't you make up your mind? Don't you say she's not? Yes, I don't want her to depart. But and if she depart, let her remain unmarried. That's separation. Marriage separation or divorce. There's actually three positions here. And I don't want the wife to leave or the husband to leave, but if she leaves, if he leaves, then stay over here and remain separate, and then it goes on and says, try to get back together again. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of some really bad situations and, and seen things that I don't, I personally couldn't live near the person who was acting that way. And you talk about all the things that can enter into the home to destroy it, alcohol and many other things, Malachi chapter 2, verse 14, verse 13. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears. Now, these are, these are actually priests. They are believers. They're in the Lord's ministry. But the idea is these aren't lost people here. These are people that we would consider saved people. Covering the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping and crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore or receiveth it with good will. How would you like to put the money in the offering plate? And God said, I ain't receiving that. Well, it's going to be there, but I'm not going to receive it with good will. Good night, Lord. I sacrificed. Yeah, I know, but no, there's something wrong here. Well, what? I cry, I'm crying out to you. I'm, we, I'm in the altar. I'm at your house. I'm giving you an offering, and you're telling me you're not receiving it at good will? Yet ye say, wherefore, why? Because the Lord has been a witness between thee and the wife of thy youth. 
against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. You know, oh, there's no place in the Bible that actually talks about marriage and stuff. Baloney. Here we have a marriage covenant. There's Proverbs, another place. There was a covenant. There was something that was made. You know what a covenant is? Like a contract. We stand in front of the altars from death till you part. I mean, it's a real contract here. And uh, he says, you want to trade her in on a younger model now. And I see what you're doing. And you say, but I'm giving more money to God. You don't know how spiritual I am. Every year I give more and more money to God. Yes, and every year you get farther away from your wife and your spirit. And the person who really knows who you are that's a human being on this planet is your spouse. And God, and God says, I see what's going on in the house. You're barking at your wife. You turn everything around. You blame it on her. And, and you're, you're, you're in love with your lust. And then he says, 15, And did not he make one? Yet he had the residue of the Spirit. And wherefore one? That he might seek, this is so interesting, a godly seed. You know what that's talking about? Children. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith, he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment. You ever beat your wife? And God says, you, put, you think you're going to bribe me? You think you're going to buy me? Because you put a big offering in there? A young lady, she was a teenage girl, and her dad's leaving her mom. And she said, Dad, I don't want you to go. And he says, he had another woman. And he says, honey, when you're older, you'll understand. And you know what she told him? I don't want to understand. When that tree fell in that backyard, it wiped out two of our apple trees. Kaboom. When a big tree falls, it hurts other trees around it. We don't have, we have obligations here. A lady, I know, a pastor's wife, she was in a, a restaurant, and she, I heard her give this testimony, and the waitress kept coming up, and she was fidgeting, and just, I just, you know, started talking to the pastor's wife. Pastor's there, his pastor's wife, they're eating breakfast, and she says, I'm just going through this divorce, and it's just making me discuss it, and I can't wait till it gets out of the court. I just a bit, it's just a nightmare, and, I, it, 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 and some of them really are. And I just was so glad when it's over with, and the pastor's wife, oh, it'll never be over with. Oh, I didn't know you'd gone through a divorce. No, no, I didn't. My parents haven't. I've never gotten over it. Another lady said, she has two little girls, and her little girl's three years old, Mommy, I want to go home. We are home. He says, why does my daughter keep saying that? We're home. He says, well, home to her isn't the building. It's you, her sister, and her dad. And her dad's not there no more. That's not home to her. I want to go home, Mama. We are home. No, I want to go really home. And a lot of kids, they have dreams about bringing mommy and daddy back together. I heard another girl said, it was my fault they got divorced. A six-year-old girl. Because my mom said to me the day my dad left, do you want to go to the store? Daddy and I have something we need to talk about. Okay. Yeah, I would like to go. 
If I hadn't said that, they'd have not laughed. Well, the truth is they would have laughed anyway, and it's not the little girl's fault. It almost always in these things, these terrible situations, the kids end up thinking it's their fault. And I wanted to seek a godly seed, and you just let the trees fall and crash. America's got phew, the forests have fallen on the on the on the new growth coming. This is we are so wiped out. Is it fifty percent? How can any society exist? And we go home, and there's no home. They're just people wiped out and kids wiped out. You know, Bible says uh, about loving uh, husbands, love your wives, and what be not bitter against them. There's some bitterness. You know, I heard a lady say, uh, I hate my husband. I heard her say this recently. And, uh, and you know, I can understand being, you know, I'm just as much in the flesh and as anybody else would be in situations. And her children say, yeah, we hate him too. We hate dad too. Well, guess what? That never made anybody happier. I told God one time I could never forgive this person. Not my wife, somebody did, somebody did almost nothing to me, by the way, just pride. I said it out loud. I felt like, you've got to go and ask that guy to forget. I said, I could never do that. And immediately God spoke to me. Yes, you can. I don't want to. <laughs> At least I was telling the truth now, right? But I can't get that out. I can't, I can't stop. I can't. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. I want to talk about positive things I want to talk about in the marriage, and I think we'll get to them, but if not, there is in the next hour. But there are people, there's, there's, a, there's two chairs. There's an, a lady that's 65 and a man that's 65, let's say. So anyway, uh, one of them is as sweet as can be, and one of them you don't even want to talk to. I have found in our church, you just don't, there's some people I never shake hands with anymore. I like to shake hands. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And then there's something get both hands. Pastor, you don't know how many problems. Every week it's the same thing. I can't even just come up. What's the matter? I just need, I need I'm going to need my hand back. Thank you. I never ask her, how are you doing? I just go, hi, and I go to the next person. <laughs> Good night. Because I know what's going to be. It's just got, always going to be a problem. Are you a complainer? You want sympathy all the time? And so why is this one so bitter and this one so sweet? Well, the sweet one only had nice things happen. That's not true. Sometimes it's the opposite. Well, why would one be sweet? Because they learned how to deal with their problems according to the Bible. The Bible is our guidebook through the minefield that's out here in this world. And we're saying, well, yeah, but this, I'm just not going to do that. Well, this, I will try this one. This sounds kind of, no, not that one. And we're deciding and we're not letting God rule in our lives. And so, yes, there's a lot of hard decisions. By the way, I did tell the Lord I couldn't do that, and, and God said, yes, you can. And I said, oh, I don't want to. I said, okay, I'll do this and just be a doormat. Just fine. Get this over with. And I felt so good. And I even told the guy after I asked his forgiveness, I said to him, I feel so good. And he was responding humbly towards me. Well, what if he doesn't respond humbly? What if she doesn't? You did what you're supposed to do. And you may need to fast if it's bad enough. How would you want people to tell you? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's two ways to say the same thing. And one way is stir up a, a, a war, and the other one will, will calm it down. 
there's power in the tongue and there's death in the tongue and there's life in the tongue. And turn with me, if you would please, to Proverbs chapter uh, 15. There's got to be a way to relieve the pressure cooker in the marriage. And so we get mad. That was one of Pastor Nolan. He's still my pastor to the day. One of the things I loved about Pastor Nolan, and I really chose to work with him for six years until I was called to start a church. One of the things I I really liked about Pastor Nolan, he he never overdid it and he never underdid it. He was never afraid to tell people what they needed to hear. And he, he wasn't ugly about it. And he had a way of talking that people would listen to him. Me, I'd be afraid to tell him until I got angry enough. And then I'd tell him and I'd take out my shotgun and give him both barrels. <laughs> and splatter them and six or seven other people are standing too close. Well, that wasn't God's way. And Pastor, they just don't do that. Yeah. Well, your church isn't friendly. And Pastor Nolan says, well, ma'am, uh, our church isn't friendly. No. No one shook my hand. Well, you did. Ma'am, you sit on the back row. Your body language tells me you don't want anybody to shake your hand. You're the last one to come in, and you're the first one. You're saying it's my fault? The Bible says he that has friends must show himself friendly. I look at Pastor, wow, I wish I could say that the way you said that. And over here, and and she kind of, first time, if if I'd have said it, she wouldn't have listened and Chapter 15, verse 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Hey, you know, well, I've got a list of things I want to tell my husband. And so uh, I, this, this couple came one time to church, and I'm not good at counseling, and this guy, he wanted me to counsel. I said, well, okay. So they came, and we prayed, and I said, no, um, you first. <laughs> I get body language, then I go, oh, boy. And so he's telling me, and she said, well, you know, my wife, she's just not mature. And I'm looking at her <laughs> when he says that, and she's got her back towards him. That's crazy. I go, hmm. So anyway, I talk, I said, well, listen, you know, first off, the way you're talking about your wife in front of her, you're saying she's not mature. Well, that's true. I said, well, <laughs> I don't know if it is or isn't. I just know one thing. No one's going to receive that. Oh, no, that's what well, you got to tell the truth. I said, sir, if you at your job, he worked at a job with other people. If one of the, your friends had his friend, boss, one of the people working with had his friend come in, and, and, and his friend introduced, this is my, uh, my coworker. He's a little immature, but anyway, what would you think about that? <laughs> well, he better not. Yeah, all right. Say, so you don't realize what you're saying here to your wife, and you're wiping her out. You know what the love is, right? It's like the water for the flowers. The flowers, the bouquet without the water, they're going to wilt real quickly. And she's wilted. And, and then I said, now it's your turn. <laughs> I said, ma'am, your husband's sitting here facing me, and this is, this is how she was sitting. She was like this, honestly. This is exactly how she was sitting. I said, I don't know anything except one thing, what I can see with my eyes. Your body language tells me you don't want to be here. Your body language tells me you're not going to receive anything that's said. And, what, and your husband, that's right, when I tried to talk to her, yes, and you start raising your voice, and you start going like this, and nothing's happening. Well, something's got to happen. Yes, something's got to happen, but it's not going to happen. It's just going to make things worse. And I don't have all the answers, but I do know one thing. If it's important enough, you must, you should fast. 
And they don't have to agree with you, by the way. Well, I thought that would be important. Yes, it's important. And yes, we would like that to be the end result. But if you don't get it off of your chest, you will explode. And so will, I think, your marriage eventually. The pressure cooker, don't they have little valves there? Well, if you don't let that thing off, buddy, you got a bomb there. I don't care if it's sitting on a stove with just some water. It's, it's, not, it's got to get the steam off. And so you got to do it in a way that it can be received. And so the rules are, <laughs> the rules are, you have to listen. And that's half of it. And the other half is when that person's, that wife, that husband's done, then the other party has to listen. Go ahead You've agreed in a, to disagree in, a, in advance if necessary, but at least let your spouse get it out of their ch- heart, out of their chest. By the way, just listen to somebody, even though I don't agree. When I see how much they're hurting, it, it gives me a whole different feeling for the thing. A different love and a, more respect, amen? Yeah. Husbands love your wives, husbands love your wives, husbands love your wives. One time it says, the, and three times in Ephesians says that, and one time the elder women or the elderly women are to teach the younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children, how to keep, keep the home. Love is something that needs to be taught, actually, <laughs> and uh, learned, and go to people who are spiritual when you're seeking advice, not the people who you know are going to give you the wrong advice. By long forbearance is the prince persuaded, and by a soft tongue, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. A pastor's wife said, uh, when my husband, I would say to him that I didn't agree with something. That was the rules. (laughs) I could tell him if I didn't agree. He said, no, you don't know. This is the way it is. Okay. And maybe a week would go by, and I'd say, you know, honey, I'm still not sure that's the right thing to do. And then if it didn't go right, the next time she had an opinion, he wanted to listen a little bit more. Maybe she's got something here. And we've all got blind spots, amen? You have to get it. If you're angry, the Bible Bible says, if you're angry with your brother, just forget it. It doesn't say that. Go to him. Oh, I could never do that. No. You can talk about them behind their back. You can get on the phone. That's much easier. Or if you need to, you can get your little army and then corner that person. We all agree that you're a creep. <laughs> Go to him, A-L-O-N-E. No one else. A phone can do it. It's better in person. Writing letters, I was told, don't do that. And I, I think you shouldn't do that, by the way. Documents, there's a problem. Go see... The person, especially your husband and wife, you see them in private, not in front of the kids. There has to be a time when you release some of this pressure. I got a question for you. Is it true if a guy stands in the woods and he speaks and his wife isn't there, he's still wrong? (laughs) Huh? My wife, well, yes. So, that's a point. You got to talk to each other and say, listen. I think this is true. 
I have to listen to you. I'm only asking one thing, even whether you agree or whether I agree, I do ask this, that then you'll at least let me talk. <laughs> but we just got to be able to talk like adults and not like, you know, children. And then you can start maybe to do something. If your brother is offended, they go to him alone. The idea is trying to win them, saying it the right way and, and these sort of things. Well, thank you for listening. I hope it's helpful and possibly able to apply it and doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us, love and prayer. And I hope you'll come back as we continue to add to these podcasts.